This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar, principal second violin and artistic administrator, Merwin Sue. We also have a special guest today, the TSO's principal trumpet, Lorraine Carpenter. And we expect to be joined shortly on the phone by our music director, Elaine Trudell. So the concert we're talking about today is the Jupiter Concert. This is part of the Mozart in the Afternoon Will Tower series. It's at the Valentine Theater this Saturday, October 27th, 2 o'clock p.m. in the afternoon. Elaine Trudell's conducting. We also have piano soloist Ron Donk and trumpet soloist Lorraine Carpenter, who is here with us today. Hello, Lorraine. Good morning. You are playing the Shostakovich Piano Concerto Number 1. Now, what is a trumpet doing in a piano concerto? Well, Shostakovich actually started writing that piece as a trumpet concerto. Really? Really. And when he sat down at the piano to work out a few things, it became kind of a double concerto. Well, let's talk about um, Ron Donk, the piano soloist. you want to tell us a little about him? Absolutely. He's coming to us from the Cincinnati area, and it was a a wonderful concerto when he did the Beethoven second concerto with us. And it was one of those wonderful performances where something that is familiar in your ear just has a new sheen, a new gloss. And it was, it was really, really impressive just to be part of the orchestra and, and just perk up because everything was, was well thought out, but still seemed very unique. And I really, really thought he had a very great personal voice. So looking yeah. forward to seeing what he'll bring with Shostakovich. Yeah. It's a great piano concerto for people who don't know. And it has all that, uh, everything you expect from Shostakovich, mm-hmm. especially at the very end, it just goes off the rails with this weird kind <laughs> of, I, I mean, it's supposed to be sort of, uh, you know, neo-baroque, I know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it just sounds like crazy cartoon music. And and yes. the, the trumpet sort of adds that cartoonish feel to it. Would you it agree does, with that? It does, definitely. I was thinking about this on the way in. Do you prepare any differently for this since it's kind of a double concerto um, than if it were just a trumpet concerto? I listen to a lot of recordings, um, and I try to imagine what the pianist could possibly do to throw me a curveball. <laughs> because it's not just me up there yeah. putting my stamp on it. Yeah. It's essentially him, and I sort of get to go along for the ride. Well, you know what we're going to do? We're, we're going we're gonna to push ahead with the first order of business since Alain is not here. We don't need him for this segment. That's okay. okay. Uh, You may remember a few podcasts ago when it was Trudell's debut, we spoke with Elaine. We asked him a few questions. One of the questions that I asked him was about what his theme music would be. I want to bring uh, bring that in so we can listen to it again. Okay, well, if you had a theme song, if you could walk around and have this music following you everywhere you want, um, and you had to choose just one. Putting you on the spot here. What what would your theme song be? What would be the Elaine Trudell theme song? Just one. Uh, yeah, this is your walk-up music when you're taking the my plate. my walk-up music, yeah. like a wow, wow kind of thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, you know what? I would say one of those, uh, one of those 70s that really like funky music when you show up, you know, like bop. Bump, 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 that kind of thing. That that would be fun. <laughs> Why you know, or, or 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 if that doesn't, you know, that doesn't work, maybe the Beethoven, Beethoven six. So anything in between. <laughs> well, I don't have uh, I don't have Beethoven six. 
But I do have four different choices here that we're going to vote on for Elaine's new walk-on music, okay? So let me just give you an excerpt in order, all right? And you decide which one you like the best. Here we go. Okay, that's number one. Here's number two. Just got the waka waka thing. Okay, here's number three. This has a sense of suspense to it. Okay, here's the last one. <laughs> this one's a little more creepy. Halloween is coming. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I was about to dismiss it, but then that really changed it. <laughs> That's a game changer right there. It really was. A little guitar. I'm going to play a little bit. Okay. <clears throat> Brad, could I just surmise that this is the first time any of these four themes has ever been played on WGTE? Uh, yeah, definitely. As far as I know. As far as I know. Yeah. Maybe not the last time, though. So let's choose one, and then when we talk to Elaine, we'll, we'll play his music for him. Right? Who votes for number one? I do, I think. Who votes for number two? I do. Oh, two for number two? Wait, let me go back and hear number two. There's again. just a little bizounce to it, yeah. and uh, I really would love to see him do a little dance to this. Yeah. And, and the idea yeah. that any of these could sort of stop on a dime in one of those sort of Austin Powers close ups yeah. with him grinning at the camera. And he has to wear a blue <laughs> polyester suit when he walks on stage. He, or he usually does. Yeah. <laughs> this is why you don't need the front row seats. <laughs> Okay, People just so, presume it's a tuxedo, but actually it's blue. It's not even polyester. Yeah. It's felt. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, number two it is then. So when Elaine comes, when, when Elaine calls, we'll start his, his theme music. I hope he likes it. Yeah, I hope so too. We'll find out. He may never call in for all we know. Well, that was easy. <laughs> we can just, uh, you know, we can just uh, play his walk off, walk on music. I guess it's walk off music too. You just play it backwards. Yeah, yeah. play it backwards. That'll work. Probably sound very similar. So the name of the concert is Jupiter, right? Jupiter with That's an exclamation quite... point, um, which makes it Jupiter. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Jupiter, and, and this is a nickname of the symphony. Uh, Mozart wrote his final three symphonies in the summer of whatever it was, 87 or 88, something like that. Um, it feels like it was later than that, maybe 1790. He means 1988. Oh, 1988. Yeah. Then I'm, I'm much earlier. I apologize. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah, get with the program here, Merwin. Uh, so he wrote these three symphonies, uh, 39, 40, and 41. We don't know why. No commission. He just wrote them. And number 41, the final one, got the nickname of the Jupiter Symphony um, because 
It, it came from, I think Mozart's son said it came from Johann Peter Solomon, the same gentleman who brought Haydn to London for all of his London symphonies. But they published like a piano version of it, I think, piano reduction, and they added Jupiter. That was common for publishers to add some kind of big nickname, you know. To something, it's much sexier than Symphony Number no. Forty One, right? and and it was usually done without the composer's endorsement or even involvement, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Do we know if Mozart knew about the the? the well, nickname? no. I think it. I think it was assigned after Posthumous. his death. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. So uh, I have a little quiz, nickname quiz. These are twenty different pieces of music. Oh, All gosh. of them have a nickname, right? I need a pen. Now we don't have Elaine here to play with us, so his loss. Thank you. Um, these should be pretty simple because, uh, you know, there are, there are some well-known ones on here and some not so well-knowns. So I'm, I'm gonna say the, the nickname. Some of them are nicknames. Some of them were actually assigned by the composer. Some of them were not. Uh, and then you tell me what the piece is. Okay. There are 20 of these. There are 20 of them. Yeah. (laughs) How how much of a (laughs) name that tune moment do we get? (laughs) <laughs> no, you don't get any name. Oh, I know this one. Uh, no, no. This no. is Alain's walk-on music. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's the beginning of Thriller. <laughs> yeah, right. There we go. Oh, wow, that was quite a transition. How about Butterfly? Butterfly. The first one is Butterfly. Butterfly. Oh, there's Ooh, a violin concerto, but I'm not sure if that's... Uh, this is a piece uh, for piano uh, by like Grieg or... Um, Close. Uh, it's Schumann? an etude. Yeah? By it's Grieg? Uh, no, by Chopin. Cho- uh, Chopin etude, opus 25. Chopin. Yeah. Classical. Prokofiev Symphony. Symphony number one by Prokofiev. <laughs> Company. It's a musical. I know, but it was also... Oh, I know. Uh, Three's Company. <laughs> who is who is Jack Ritter? It's the music. <laughs> music in the background. Come and knock on our door. <laughs> He'll be waiting for you. Oh, no. <laughs> no, Company is the nickname of the uh, string quartet number two by Philip Glass. Oh. Because it's know. music that he wrote for the Samuel Beckett novel of that name, which, which we all know. inspired by I'm Three's sure. Company. Exactly. There we go. <laughs> exactly. It all has come full circle. How about Concord? Oh, is that Ives? That is Ives. Oh, right, yeah. Piano yeah, sign number two. Yeah, nice. How about, this should be easy for you, Merwin, Dissonance. Concord. Dissonance. Mozart, Mozart K465 Quartet. <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, here's another easy one. Number. Here's sure. another easy one. Emperor. Mm-hmm. Beethoven. Oh, a couple of different choices yeah. for that. Well, what are they? Let's go with a piano concerto. Beethoven piano concerto. Which one? Number five. Five. Number five. How about, you'll know this, inextinguishable. I have Nielsen, not Ives. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sometimes you want to. The answer is Greek. You know which symphony it is? Number four. And I remember attending a concert once where somebody misunderstood that the nickname was in inextinguishable and he thought it was it was indistinguishable and i'll never forget that <laughs> it's like i don't even know which nielsen like, symphony I'm, I'm listening to i don't think i get the joke is what he said <laughs> how about um minute minute is it a prelude waltz? The, the, is it a waltz <laughs> it could the, be the chopin right yeah yeah would you say minute or minute i would say minute but i also would say conquered earlier so yeah, yeah. i've heard it both ways and i've heard you know, the, I've heard people say that it's supposed to be the minute waltz because it's short. But don't you get to decide as the you are, pronouncer yeah. in chief? You are the you arbiter much, of good yeah, taste just, in Toledo. 
Yeah. I, Brad. I do. And, so and when you're going to play it, what do you I, say? Do you say just, waltz, waltz and A? <laughs> I've said it both ways. <laughs> it just depends yeah. on the mood. Ah. You know, but I but I have found that if I say minute waltz, I usually get comments. So do you do you ever just try to play with people and and pronounce it horribly like minuit? <laughs> no. I'm like, it's, you know, it's a little bitty waltz. It's the itsy bitsy waltz. Obviously, he takes this responsibility very seriously, Zach. Yeah. But it's interesting to see, like, how quickly different pianists or instrumentalists will try to play that waltz. Right. And, and if you actually get it in at a minute, yeah. it, it sounds just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So it's I, an old party trick. Yeah. How about Mishima? This is, I think this is Philip Glass, too, isn't it? Yeah. String quartet number three, Philip Glass. We're just going in order. It, it is, <laughs> well, we're going in alphabetical order here, right, for the titles. Uh, uh, now, uh, Nordic. Nordic. That's a string quartet by Grieg. Close. Isn't it our fourth it's, Masterworks uh, concert? No, it's um, Sibelius? It's a symphony by an American composer. No. This yeah. is, well, I'm sure Havanis wrote a Nordic yeah. symphony. <laughs> Close. Howard Hansen. Oh, Howard Hansen. Wow. Symphony number one. Close. I'm going to wow. call shenanigans on that. I know there's something called. Here's a, here's a difficult one. How about Ocean? Ocean. This is a symphony. Can you guess the composer? Uh, Billy Ocean. His initials are A R. Anton Rubinstein. That's right. Wow. That's where I you go with A R. Yeah, where, where, where were you going I to do. go? <laughs> Arthur Rubinstein, obviously. Yeah, Arthur. No, it was Anton. Okay, how about this? This will be easy. We'll see which one of you gets it first. Organ. Sasson. Oh, yeah, right. Well, that was also kind of... also music from Babe. <laughs> exactly. The farmer does that a little a, jig. I love that yeah. scene. It's I love. Scene. Yeah, I kept thinking, why does that sound so familiar? It's the organ symphony. But you know that theme is like uh, the Dies Irae theme turned upside down. That's where Sanson's got it, yeah. Because that whole symphony number three, he wrote it, it, he dedicated it to Franz Liszt. And he took the Dies Irae theme, da 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 da, da, that Liszt used in so many different works, and he turned it upside down to make it like an affirmation of faith or what have you. I know this isn't gripping radio, but my jaw actually just dropped. Yeah. <laughs> you can't see it, but it really did happen. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't even make that up. Okay. Palindrome. Palindrome. This is by a very well-known composer. That might be my favorite word I've ever heard you say. Palindrome. No, say it the other way. This is a symphony. The initials are J.H., Joseph Haydn. Joseph Haydn. That's right. His Symphony Number no. Forty Seven is also known as the Palindrome Symphony because the the trio that. the trio movement halfway through switches and does the exact you mm. know does like a thing. It, it was did. actually a software glitch, but then he liked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pity he couldn't get to fifty five. I mean, okay. that would be more appropriate than forty seven. Okay, I'm looking one for one. Um, at one least one. three different answers to this one. Pastoral. Beethoven. Beethoven six. That's one. There's also another Be- Beethoven piece that goes. Is by it a violin? It's a piano sonata. Piano sonata. And then there's there are two other symphonies. Is one, Von Williams one of them? That's oh, one of them. Yeah. There's symphony yeah. number three. Mm-hmm. And which, I'm going to go for Grieg. Uh, close. It has a G. Uh, it's uh, Glazunov. Oh. That was my seven. seventh guess. How about raindrop? Oh, that's Chopin. 
Yeah, Chopin yeah. Prelude, Opus 28, number 15, if you didn't oh. know. How about surprise? <laughs> that's, so that's high, then. <laughs> which, I, which makes me think back to the kazoo, uh, kazoo episode. Yeah, but do you know which symphony it is? Uh, Number 94. 94. 94. 94. Good. 87. And here's the last one. Trout. Quintet. Oh, Trout Quintet. Lovely. Trout Piano Quintet. Very good. I think Merwin actually wins I think so. that nickname. It was the Anton Rubinstein thing. Yeah, show off. it was the Rubenstein that got off. us. Okay, well, I don't say oh, that when you hang on. Hang on, I think I think we've got Elaine. Hang on. Yeah, but you're the one over here with Kershaw numbers and Opus. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hi there. Bonjour. Elaine, Bonjour. Have, have your ears been I, burning? Um, I'm so sorry. I got caught up in such bad traffic going to the airport. That's okay. Anyway, I'm in a quiet place now. Do, do you still have a bit of time? Oh, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. We're we're actually in the yeah. middle of the podcast. <laughs> One of the things that we did uh, over the past few minutes was we yeah. listened to a few different selections for your walk-on music. And, oh, okay. Yeah, and we he voted... Uh, we voted on the one that yeah. we like best. We intend to oh. interrupt your quiet place. Yeah. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Here it is. I can hear it through the phone. Your knee is bouncing to the I music. I like it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like the G flat. I like the. Uh, I like the flat. Yeah, I like the flat five. <laughs> That's your response. I like gonna, the flat five. Spoken like a conductor. Yeah. Yeah. So now, yeah. when you walk on stage, yeah, we have to have like a you know an orchestrated version of this, a symphonic version. Oh, why? Why? I mean, I say we get the, yeah. the drum set, the electric guitar. Yeah, we could do it. We could totally do it. So anyway, that's your theme music now. <laughs> okay, I, I, I'm good to go. We figured, <laughs> we figured that out um, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Like bum, flat five. I like the flat five. You're going to compose <laughs> something to go on. And I can tell where this is going already. I thought, you know, I thought you were saying flat tire. You said flat five. No, no, no. Five. five. Flat five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, flat yeah, five, yeah. 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 I was so confused. <laughs> but, uh, we'll that no, but the, the, yeah. no, these are actual okay, chords, cool. not vocal chords. It's very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had a nickname quiz where we went through a okay. list of twenty different nicknames. We already did that. You missed that part, but um, oh, okay. But Merwin, I think, won the the nickname quiz. What was the hardest Finally, one for you, Merwin? Merwin gets an well, uh, yeah. <laughs> you you basically had us all stumped with the ocean one. Yeah. Ocean, yeah. Yes. Yeah, do you know this one, Elaine? A symphony. What? It's a symphony that has a nickname Ocean. That's not very the well. The nickname known. Ocean? Yes. Yeah. Uh, whoa. I know. Yeah, right? So he had the, to give uh, us initials. The composer's <laughs> initials were A R. So. A R. Well, to Rubenstein, I don't know. Yeah, Rubenstein. Uh, it was Anton. Yeah, nice. Anton Rubenstein. <laughs> it was Anton. That was the trick. Anton, sorry, Anton, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Uh-huh. Merwin's still, your position is safe, Merwin. He's <laughs> having a oh, yeah. this time around. <laughs> well, we have Lorraine Carpenter here, and we talked a little bit about um, the Shostakovich. Hello, Hello Alain. <laughs> Bonjour. 
<laughs> oh, I like that. You guys just talk for a while. <laughs> ça va bien? <laughs> oui, ça, ça va bien. No, but maybe you don't know this, but Lorraine is actually very good in conversational French. No, I didn't know that. In yeah. English, too. Oh, yeah, she's yeah. No, it's studied it's... and everything. I know. You guys should read her bio. <laughs> <laughs> you have my, a bio? My cat wrote it. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, I want to talk about, uh, in the time that we have remaining, I want to talk about this crazy Jupiter symphony, okay? Mm, this yeah. was Mozart's final symphony. We don't really know why he wrote it, right? There was no commission, what have you. Absolutely no reason, yeah. Yeah, and it, it just, you know, it's sort of like Mozart had a free-for-all, especially at the end. He does this fugue, and I want to play some of the music here just so we hear it, um, and we can get an idea of what he does, but... He has this theme, this da 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 da, which he used several times throughout his career, including his very first symphony when he was eight years old. He used that theme. I like the idea of coming full circle, you know, for him. Yeah. Listen to this. Now that is just crazy. I mean, if you really listen to it, he gets into this this fugue pattern where it almost feels like if he just kept going, you know, with that progression, they would just sort of like march off the stage out the door, you know, keep going, <laughs> da da da, dee 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 dee, right? I mean, where is yeah. that coming from? What are your thoughts on that, Elaine? Well, first of all, uh, what's really interesting is the last three symphonies, thirty nine, forty, forty one. Are probably the first instance of people uh, of somebody saying, "I I really just need this needs to come out. I need to write this. I need yeah. to express that that what I have inside of me." Uh, and we're talking, we're, you know, we're we're not yet in the romantic period, but there's uh, there's definitely an individuality there, uh, and it's uh, it's not written as you said as a commission, mm. uh, and he's, he's busy with a ton of other things. But that was Mozart was always busy with many other things and then oh all of a sudden those symphonies come out it's uh it's really surprising and of course the fugue of the jupiter which is not that i may gave it but uh of course because of the size the sheer size and the length of the symphony um it's interesting because that that last as you said for me i've always seen it as coming full circle having a very simple thing that he had in his first symphony uh which i personally believe that he did write and then when you go to two, um, two, three, four, five around those, it really sounds like he had a lot of help from that. But uh, the first one really, it sounds like pure Mozart, right? Yeah. You're already in an opera setting. There's a lot of drama in music, in Mozart's music. It's basically an instance of an opera composer writing symphonic music compared to uh, his, his contemporary Haydn, who's a, uh, you know, uh, how do you say, instrumentalist uh, composer, if you, if I can say mm. like that, that, that writes for, you know, oratorio sometimes and all that, but you can see it's uh, purely for the instruments and the science of, you know, how you put them together and then the different dance movements. But Mozart is always, if you, if you go about it as if you're going to go con conduct an opera, then you have the right style. Yeah, because Mozart is always there's a certain maybe it's, it's his personality, right? And his life is a, it's like an opera. <laughs> so anyway, and that what I like about this last one, the fugue there, is that he brings back this thing 
But then he has all this science and knowledge around it. Like you hear all this chromatic da 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 da, da and which brings you, of course, to to this uh, uh, harmonic march, right? That that you said that it's yeah. funny because you you were saying they could march out of state. Yeah, it's a, because that harmonic march, as we call it, is really goes to places like uh, that are getting further and further and further from the center. I think there there comes a time where if you've honed your skills so much that you are in a sense of a reception or perception of something that's more, that it's pure inspiration or whatever you want to call it, the higher powers that gives you a message and you are more able to, to share that message without putting yourself in the middle, but you need to have, you know, skills to sing incredible skills like Mozart, like Bach, like Beethoven and Brahms, those people that that's why they, You know, they, they work so hard at composing. It's for those little moments where you're in, totally enlightened and then all of this can come out because I'm sure when he got to that part, it becomes effortless. I think that's one of the fascinating things is actually looking at the autograph of that. There's no, there's very, very few corrections. Something that complicated, that difficult, that challenging. It looks like it came from his mind right out of his hands didn't didn't have to go through an editing process it's stunning but did it come from his mind that or did, mm. did it go yeah. through him that's that's the big question mm. you know like yeah. a, uh, i what's that that book um it's called interviews with great composers is it the uh, spy violinist in the beginning of the the 20th century and he he had a big interview with brahms in it and also with Strauss or humperdinck uh, Anyway, and, and Brahms asked, he said, well, you can, you can publish it, but 50 years after I'm dead, <laughs> it's a good thing the guy yeah. was young. Yeah? <laughs> but but it, they talk about inspiration, and it's very deep, and it's not something people necessarily want to talk about, because, you know, it's, uh, it's not really in fashion to believe in, uh, in uh, something bigger than yourself that might be spiritual, or I, don't, I guess it has never been cool to talk about that, but uh, it is. I mean, it is uh, really the complete preparation of a life lifetime for those moments where it, where it actually comes through you it's not you know it's of course Mozart is a genius Bach is a genius uh well Bach is more like God but anyway but uh, <laughs> it's 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 for those moments you have to be ready when it comes yeah well we're just about running out of time uh, is there anything else that, that we want to say about uh, this concert that's coming up well if I may um the the concept of of Mozart bringing a friend to the concert is was important to me when we put those programs together is that you, you come and you, you will hear something, you know, or, or that you think, you know, because Mozart, you know, a, a symphony usually like people know very well, like even 40, you go, oh yes. And then the first movement, and then you discover the wonders of the second movement because you didn't go that far. Maybe in the listening, it's possible. But anyway, it's, it's something that you feel very much at home with and something you will discover. And that Shostakovich, uh, Piano and trumpet concerto uh, is something that maybe some people know a little bit less. And and as Zach say, says often, is a, there's a, the conversation you have coming in to the concert about repertoire, and this, the conversation you have coming out of the concert, uh, going out uh, after the performance. And and it's interesting to see what people will will keep from that. I mean, I'm sure Shostakovich will, will have a powerful effect. Um, and the trumpet in that concerto is at the same time, uh, a bugle, a singer, yeah. a, a ballet dancer. It mm -hmm. has all these wonderful overtones that it plays and with the mute. And I mean, it's, it's really interesting. And it's, uh, 
I'm just happy that uh, I have the opportunity to put together programs that has that, that has that kind of difference uh, in the styles and in the eras, uh, but they really, really go well together. Oh, great. And and the trumpeter also is good at conversational French, we know. So. We exalted <laughs> that. That. <laughs> that has to be a plus, I'm sure. Yeah. No, no, but you know, it it helps with the articulation if you speak. Oh, yeah, right. That's far, huh? Oh, we. Well, the concert is, uh, it's this Saturday. <laughs> the concert is entitled Jupiter. Now, if I was Victor Borga, I'd be like, Jupiter, right? You do the, the punctuation, punctuation, punctuation yeah. with the uh, exclamation point. <laughs> That's uh, Mozart in the afternoon. Right? Afternoon being the keyword. It's at 2 o'clock in the afternoon this Saturday. It's happening at the Valentine Theater. More information at ToledoSymphony.com or at 419-246-8000. That's the box office number. This program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast by going to our website. That's at wgte.org slash lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. My thanks to Elaine Trudell, Zach Vasser, Merwin Sue, and to our special guest, Lorraine Carpenter. I'm Brad Cresswell, and you've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab on FM 91.